Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. This is the only person asking us to the dance right now. Right, we gotta go. We gotta go or we're not going at all. Hi y'all, welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Okay, hello friends. Hello there. It's Katie and Alyssa. And this is episode 65. Okay. Um, how to be a buyer slash seller. How, how to, to buy and sell. Do yes. it. Do it. How to sell your home and buy a new one at the same time. At the same time. And we were talking that this could actually be a really good episode that if you wanted to share it with your clients. Yes. Who are going through this. Right. You know, we, in our, if you have purchased our email templates, we do have an email template to help them navigate through this. Yes. But this could also be if they're more, you know, audio and can, right. would rather listen to it. Yes. This would be a good episode to let your clients listen to, to prepare for that transition. Agree. Cause it's a long conversation. It, the email, <laughs> the email template, the email, when you try to walk through it, the buyer seller through it is so long at the beginning, it actually says, go grab yourself a glass of wine. Yes. <laughs> because it is, I guess what I would like to say is my number one thing I want to get across here is it is difficult and it is somewhat complex. Yes. But it is not impossible. No, it has a lot of moving parts and it requires right. a lot of planning ahead. It requires a lot of planning and experience from your agent to give you really important and appropriate advice because what's going to happen is you have to navigate two things with a lot of balls in the air and if navigated wrong you could end up homeless (laughs) Homeless. yeah like the right so not to not to frighten anyone (laughs) the problem is that if you don't navigate this just right it can be really painful yeah you're not going to die it's going to be you're going to be a little stressful regardless but but Navi- there is a method to the madness. Yes, and navigate it appropriately. You can get, and here's ultimately what's important. You can get to where you want to go. Because most of the time when you're buying and selling at the same time, you're typically moving up. So yeah. maybe you've run out of space in your first home. You've had some children. Uh, maybe you've had an older parent move in with you. Maybe, you know, there's something happening where you just need more space. Yeah. Maybe you got a promotion at work and you got you know, some extra income and you're like, finally, we would like a bigger house or a better neighborhood or whatever it is. I just had a situation where it was an older couple Mm -hmm. who had a two-story home. Right. And they were like, all we want is a house the size of our downstairs. Right. They didn't need the, they could just chop off the top Top. half of their house and they would have been fine. Yeah. But what are you going to do with all that stuff upstairs? Oh man. You know, and then once you get an offer, you have 30 days or less to get it out. Yeah. All right. Agree. Okay. So let's start this way. Okay. When you get a new client that is a buyer slash seller, or you know how I actually think this typically starts most of the time is someone that you know, or someone who reaches out to you, maybe not even. And it's just like, I, I want to buy another house, but how do I sell my house right. and buy at the same time? How does that like, work? I don't, I don't know that I want to even try. Sure. I honestly think people stay in their homes longer than they should because they're worried about navigating this process. Oh, I agree. Like they just say, forget it. Mm -hmm. Like, and if you don't have someone giving you excellent advice, um, it is going to be hard. Mm -hmm. And they're going to say, never mind. I can just live with this too small house. Sure. I'm going to be okay. We're doing fine here. Because here's the other thing. Moving typically in this scenario is an elective procedure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you don't, it's not like you're moving relocating for work out of state. It's not like you were in a rental and you're like, you're not getting married and it's your first home. Like you could maybe be like, ah, I don't really want to. Sure. 
Like, I'm just going to stay here. It's fine. We're it's already, easier this way. We're already close to the grocery we like and the end. Like, we already know where all the stuff is, yes. right? Because mm-hmm. there is some work to it. Okay, so go back. You have been contacted. What is the first thing that you do? Tell me. Um, well, I send it. I tell them that <laughs> I answered this question so much that I have an email ready I'm, to go. I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to send it to you. And it's going to give you a lot to think about. So step one is figuring out can you buy without selling? Yes. Or do we have to sell? Financially. Financially. Now, I'm not asking what your personal preference is because I already know and understand that in a perfect world, everybody's personal preference (laughs) is not to own two houses at the same time. Especially if they're not living in both or renting one out. Correct. So I know that the answer is if you ask them, yes, I have to sell to buy. Yeah. But but do you? Right. And let's talk about that. Yes. And we can't really, we don't know what step comes first until we know the answer to this question. Okay, fair. So I tell them to get with the lender, yes. run numbers, and check your debt to income ratio. And I've had two situations. I've had a seller who had plenty of savings and said, I 100% feel comfortable paying two mortgages for a while if I had to. Yeah. But then because maybe he was an entrepreneur, so he was 1099 uh-huh. and the numbers just didn't work for the sake of getting a mortgage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the lender said, I know you feel comfortable with it, but you cannot get a loan. That's not how it's going to work. So it's not going to work that way well, for you. Well, the debt to income ratio really is that's the, the question you're trying to answer. Yes. Can you carry both mortgages in the lender's eyes? Yes. And they don't, and your typical debt to income ratio for any loan is close to what, maybe 40%, somewhere in the 40 yeah, to 45. 45. Yeah. Right. So you still have 50% of your income left over <laughs> right. for, in the lender's eyes. Right. So you might be like, oh, I can totally swing that. And mm-hmm. then the lender's like, nope, you sure no. can't. But then I've had situations where people have been approved. And they were like, but they just are like, I don't feel comfortable yeah. paying, you know, 4000 a month, 2000 here and 2000 here. Yeah, that's tough. So it just becomes, you know, the balancing act of figuring out what's possible. Yes. What does the plan need to be? Yes. And then I also like to just remind them at that time that, you know, when you buy a house, your mortgage skips a month. Yeah. So if we find a house yes. that you love, and we haven't sold your mm-hmm. house yet. I tell them we can try to negotiate a longer close date. Yep. So if it's October and we ask if we can close in December, mm-hmm. your first mortgage payment isn't due until February. Yep. And we have until February to sell your current home. Yep. But starting in February, double mortgages will start if not. Right. And I also think like days on market and all of that is okay. Well, that's I'm skipping ahead, but okay. really figuring out what financially you're able to do. Yes, exactly. I 100% agree with this. We're going to start with the conversation that says, can you carry both mortgages? And I'm not asking you to do it. Do, do you have the ability is not the same question as do you want to? Sure. And so that's number one, a one, a number one, because you got to know where you're coming at this from. For me, um, well, first of all, I love when I get these people because that has turned into sort of my little niche that I love. It's like a puzzle. It's a puzzle. It's a very important strategically done puzzle that I like to solve and see if I can like make it all work and the mm-hmm. moving. And they'll call these transactions sometimes dominoes, right? Right. Because if you have a contingent contract and you're, I guess we should start with what that means too. Okay. Um, so if you're writing an offer for a home and it's contingent on the sale of your current home, it means that you can only buy that house if your house sells. Sure. So a lot of times you'll have contingent buyers that are, it's a domino scenario where maybe one, the buyer is buying a house and that house sale is, you know, fine. And then the next one they're buying is contingent on that sale. Yes. And then the next one those people are buying is contingent. I think I've heard of someone having like four or five dominoes. Wow. So that many transactions were dependent on. And if one domino falls out of, especially the first one, if one domino falls out of place, the whole thing falls down. So Mm -hmm. um, again, a lot to navigate. It can be done. If you're a seller and you're listening, take a deep breath um, because it's totally possible. Well, and on that note, I've had clients who did get approved for both. Mm -hmm. I'm actually doing one right now. Okay. Technically, they are approved for two mortgages. Yes. 
we still wrote our offer mm-hmm. contingent on the sale yep. of their current home. Because that's what they would prefer. That's what they would prefer. Now, if the seller receives another offer, mm-hmm. we are then notified and we have yes. 48, 48 72, 72 hours, hours yeah. to decide if we can remove our contingency. Yes. Now, that's not going to take us that long because we already know the answer. Yes. Because we've already ran numbers with the lenders and we know if the lender said, yes, yes. you are technically able to remove yes. your contingency or yeah. no, you can't. Yeah. So that is covering all your bases up front. Yes. Right. Financially. I had the same thing happen this summer. I had a seller who um, I also will do a little side note for the realtors. A lot of times this particular type of buyer is a long-term buyer. They're not just going to jump really quickly. Right. It's a lot of prep work. And then they want to make sure they can find the right house because they're not just trying to sell their house in order to then just find whatever is currently on mm-hmm. the market. So a lot of times they want to wait for the right house to pop up. Yes. And that can be difficult in a, in a hard market. <laughs> it's very difficult. So it is, um, I think I would back up and say, and then I'll tell you all my story. I would back up and say, one of the first things that I do after we talked about the financial ramifications is then we do the deep dive into their current home. Okay. We do a like a legitimate yes. pre-listing appointment where we have talked about the comps at that time. Mm-hmm. Now, if this drags on for six months or a year, the yeah. comps are going to be different. But the comps at that time, how quickly do houses sell in their neighborhood? Mm-hmm. How does the condition of their home compare to the other homes in the neighborhood? What do they have to do to stage it, prep it, get it ready? Mm-hmm. And have it basically, you know, right close to the finish line of listing, but not listed, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't want you to mulch your house six months out. Right, right. But I want you to paint the um, burgundy red dining room. Sure. Right? So there's going to be a list that I will give you at that point, knowing full well, we may work together for two years Mm -hmm. on finding the right house, Mm -hmm. but you've got to have your house ready one minute from pictures yes like like literally (laughs) one week two days 48 hours from pictures yes so if that means starting to decrease your belongings put some things in storage you know basically we want your house almost show ready so if we need to we can list it you have to be able to jump and i also in that appointment take the opportunity to tell the seller what my normal philosophy is which is if you have, and likely in these cases, you probably have some children or extra family members, and that's why you're moving to a larger home. Um, this happens too with people downsizing. Sure. They're doing buying and selling at the same time, but a lot of times they don't need the content. Anyway, I digress. Um, I and Pets, whatever they have, I always am very focused in my philosophy is I want your house to be so ready that we can sell it as quickly as humanly possible and not upheave your life. For months on end. Sure. So a house that's not prepped for market, mm-hmm. that isn't um, staged, that isn't in good condition, that isn't well-maintained, is going to take more showings to sell. Yes. Um, and it's, it's buying is the fun part because right? you get to look at houses yeah. and blah, blah, blah. But then all of this stuff is happening before we're even looking at houses yet. I agree. Like, like we are not looking at a house is not the first thing we need to be doing. I know. And I think that it is okay to start your online search yes. and to be like, okay, yes. I know that my price range is going to be X. Right. And I see in that price range, there are listings that pique my interest or meet my criteria for size or, or in the right location. So I feel like the market says, and I will tell them that, I'm like, here, I'll set you up on the search for what you're looking for online. Sure. And you can follow along with that, but we're not going to get out and look at homes until we've done the pre-listing appointment and talked about your pre-work because well, the pre-work's yeah. where it's at. And I tell them too, you can't make an offer contingent on a house that's not for sale and not even close to being for sale. Right. Like usually to make an offer, it has to either be on the market or yeah. within like 48 hours of being listed. I agree. So what Alyssa is saying is you can't go find your dream home and then be like, oh, I'm going to sell my house in two weeks. Right. You have to either be like, my house is literally listed. Mm-hmm. Ideally, it's listed with a contract already on it, but sure. let's not even go there. Or I can put my house on the market tomorrow. And I let my buyers know every seller is different. And this is how you're about to be as a seller. I feel yeah. like it's good being a seller and a buyer at the same you see time both sides. because you're understanding because I'd say, this is what I'm going to tell you for your house. If we're day one on the market, we're not entertaining a contingency. No, right because now. that's too many it's too obstacles. Long. It's too just long. Right. You don't know what's going to happen. And then some sellers 
won't entertain a contingency unless your house is pending. Yeah. And then some sellers just won't entertain a contingency at all. So those are the two. It's either like, Mm -hmm. we're not even going to do a contingency or we'll do one, but your house has to be pending. Yeah. Yes. And very rarely, and maybe a slow market, they might just take your contingent offer. Yeah. And that happens also, but you might have 60 days to sell. It's still got a deadline. Right. It's still not going to be an an open-ended we can buy your house when our sales situation. You right. got to put a time. Typically it's 60 days. I have never successfully negotiated more than that. No. Mm-mm. So you have 60 days to get your house listed under contract and sold so that you don't lose the contingent house. Now Which really only gives you like 30 days, 30 days of marketing. Time. Yeah. Right. So if you, if your agent has done the research of your current neighborhood, and they see that days on the market is typically 60 to 90. Mm-hmm. Well, then maybe you really do need to list your home prior to finding your dream home, right? Right. Or maybe you've got to make your home so nice and well-priced that it's easier to sell than the other ones in your neighborhood. Sure. So you just have to take the data and make a choice. So a lot of times when I go to my seller and I say, okay, we've done your pre-list appointment. I've given you your to-do list. We know what your value is going to be. We know how quick it's going to be. If we look at those comps and it says some of these sell one, two, three days on the market if they're in good condition and I tell you what it's going to take to do that and you're okay doing that work, um, then I'm not going to let you list unless you found maybe what you want. Because also I'm trying to navigate you not ending up homeless. Yes. The ways around that are um, if you write an offer on your dream home, it's contingent. You're trying to say it's contingent on me selling, right? Okay, fine. If you decide you've got 60 to 90 days on the market possibly, and you decide to list your health before you find your dream home, then you maybe want to try to negotiate that contract contingent on you finding another house. Whenever we bought the house we're in now, mm-hmm. and we had an offer on the house we were selling, in the counter offer, I said, you buying my house is contingent on me buying this house. I agree. Because if this house falls through, I'm staying in my house. Okay. And this <laughs> is the step that many agents miss. miss. Yeah. Because if you have put your home on the market and you get an offer and you don't negotiate this contingent on your next home purchase, whether you know what the home is or not, you have to sell that house. Yeah. You have to sell that house no matter what No matter what happens. So as a seller, you have that one moment to say, uh, this sale is contingent on me buying X. Whether you give it an address or not, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Then you're protected. Right. And you could say, wait, I haven't found a house. Or wait, the house on Main Street didn't work out. And so I don't have to sell my house to mm-hmm. you and I can stay here. Okay? And I think buyer, you know, as seller, we have to prepare our sellers that they could receive some pushback. Yes. On that. A buyer may be like, well, how do I know if you're going to find a house that you like? It's different if you're under contract on something. Right. But to just leave it open-ended and say, you know, me finding. Yes. Well, and I will say this too. I think that um, when I back up and at the beginning, when I'm having these conversations with my client, I'm like, look, this is what the pushback is going to be. This is what we need to prepare for. We're going to try and get you the ideal scenario and I'm going to do everything I can, but I need to know if you're comfortable with, do you have a family member you can go live with? Mm -hmm. Are you okay with a short-term rental? Mm -hmm. Would you be willing to put your stuff in storage if things aren't quite, the pieces aren't falling in place perfectly? Yeah. Like what, what are the options? Because I can't sell you that this is going to be easy and have no obstacles. And um, it's, it's a very delicate dance. And I, like I told my recent ones, I'm like, you have to have a plan A, B, and C if you're a contingent buyer and seller. You have to have an A, B, C. Yeah. A is you sell your house on the same day you buy your house. (laughs) You have negotiated some occupancy after the close and you have three to seven days to move out of your old house and into your new house. Sure. That's the perfect, that's living the dream. Great. That is not how it is always going to work. Rarely. Rarely. Hello, friends. We are so excited that so many of you are using the template course and the reviews are just pouring in, letting us know that it has helped your business as much as it has helped our business. Yes. Listen to this review. Thank you so much for providing this wealth of information, knowledge, and template form. So far, I've used a handful and received positive feedback like, this is so professional, or I really appreciate how organized you are. I mean, can you imagine? 
Yeah, your clients are there. actually going to say that. Yes. All right, here's another one. Thank you so much for this. I can't tell you how many times I've started this and how many notebooks of samples and notes I had. <laughs> I have ADHD and it is super hard to stay focused on getting it done. Having it all in one place is going to make it so nice. That is what we're here for. No, just look, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just yeah. use these. Yeah, nice and simple, easy, ready to go, ready for you to put your own logo on, make it sound like you. So head over to hustlehumblypodcast.com slash course slash course and check it out that's right and you're gonna enjoy them you're gonna love them you're gonna, it's gonna love change it. your life literally fired <laughs> my assistant they are the best okay, enjoy bye, the template yes enjoy so before we jump into like actually making it work i had three things that they need to talk to their lender about okay let's hear it this would be if you do qualify okay to have two mortgages okay um, the first thing that you want your lender to do is let you know what your monthly note will be right for your new house okay. so that you can add it to your current mortgage and just understand financially. This is what I'm going to be paying in mortgages if I don't sell first. I like it. And make sure that you have the savings to do that. Yes. Um, there are a few different options that are the most common. I'm okay. sure there's other options in the lending world. But there is the one that my buyers have been doing the most lately is if we haven't sold their house yet, mm -hmm. they put down the 5% yes. minimum mm -hmm. to go conventional. Yep. And then once we sell their house, mm -hmm. they can put down a large, a large down payment, like, yes, down payment one, basically. A one-time lump sum. Yep. And it will recalculate the numbers. You can only do this one time. I believe it's called recast. a recast. It's a recast. And you can't do it all the time. You can do it one time. Yeah. And then, so if you were trying to put 20% down to mm -hmm. avoid PMI, it will kick it out if you've had enough or, yeah. or if you don't have enough, it'll just lower your payment because you put more down. Right. So there's the 5% recast yeah. mm -hmm. or another option might be getting a home equity line of credit. Right. On your current home. On so your let's current just say home. you own the current home free and clear. Or not. Or just a mortgage, but you've got a lot of equity. Yes. You can take out a enough for a down HELOC, payment, a, a home equity line of credit. And then when you close, when you do sell your house, it's just paid pay off. That off. Yeah. At that time. And you, um, so everyone understands if you get a home equity line of credit, that you treat that as cash. Yes. So that's basically your down payment cash yes. for the new house. Correct. So you've taken the cash out of the old house and you put it into the new house. Right. So those are your options if you can have two mortgages. Okay. But if you cannot have two mortgages mm -hmm. and you have to sell uh -huh. before you can buy anything, yep. it will take a lot more planning. Kind of like you said, we need to have option A, mm -hmm. B, C. Mm -hmm. Do you have family that you could live with? Yeah. Um, any short-term rentals that you have been investigating or yeah. keeping your eye on, making right. sure that there's openings out there. Yeah. And as an agent, maybe these are good to have like a couple of complexes that you know yes. in your area that do that. Yes. Just so you can point people in the right direction. I need that. Okay. I'll tell you one later. Okay, great. Okay. Um, We talked about how you cannot make an offer on another house until your house is either on the market or at least about to hit the market. Like within given days. a deadline. Yes. Days. Yes. Not like minutes. <laughs> right. Not, not in, like, oh, soon. Yes. You can't say soon. And usually you would write um, within five days of acceptance of this contract. Yeah. Bu buyer's personal home will be on the market. Yeah. And you give your address and there'll be a contingency addendum to that contract that says I'm selling this house in this place, mm -hmm. and I have this many hours, we'll go back to do the contingency in a minute. Mm -hmm. Okay, go on. Um, The only time I've ever seen them not be quite as rigid as if the house, it's a house that's been on the market a really long time. And they're just like, I will take any offer at this time. Oh, you mean the seller? Yeah, because yes. <laughs> I will tell you, I recently took a listing and um, one day on the market, like immediately, we got an offer from a contingent buyer and they had to be contingent and their home was basically in the same price range that we were and had oh. been on the market 70 days. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, on no. day one, I'm like, I, it's just not my, I wouldn't advise taking that. Like, so, sure. so what'd y'all do? We didn't take it. Right. And I had a offer. I have a house that was about to expire. Mm -hmm. We were like 
right at six months. We got an offer mm-hmm. and it was contingent. The buyer's house was not on the market and he put that it would be live in a week and a half, like 10 days. Okay. I thought that was kind of long. Yeah. I would normally never advise, but I ran comps on the buyer's neighborhood to yeah. check days on market. They were going to be priced well. I told my sellers, yeah, this is the only person asking us to the dance right now. All right. We got to so, go. We got to go or we're not going at all. Yeah. Um, and they agreed and they listed it 10 days later. Uh-huh. They actually ended up getting it done in like eight days. Yeah. And it got multiple offers. So and it was so fine. We're, yes, we're closing. So That's great. You do, it all depends too on so, like, what is this house that they're selling? Your agent should be looking up before you agree to any type of contingency as a seller. Your agent should be looking up mm-hmm. the the house that, that those people are buying How and asking, how is it going to be priced? Are you, are yes. you going to take professional photos? Like, right. You can't, you can't get too like into it, but you need to have some knowledge before you just say yes. Oh, 100%. Because even though when you accept a contingent offer, you are as a seller and and that agent allowed to continue to market that property and have showings there, let's just say you're in a higher price range for your market. Mm -hmm. So like here, let's just say you had a $500,000 house, which would be considered pretty high for our market. Sure. And you're going to take a contingent offer. Well, the odds are that any of your other potential buyers might also be contingent. Mm -hmm. So if you take one contingent offer, you're locked in with those people. And if they had a house to sell that maybe wasn't a good operation, like it was going to take a long time. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you had another buyer who wanted to see your house, but they were always already also contingent. They're not going to see your house. Right. And they can't even make you an offer if they did. Right. But what if they're a contingent um, buyer that has a $200,000 house that's going to sell in one day? Mm -hmm. So it's very um, complex in that your agent needs to know the specifics for the house that that buyer's selling. Right. And what's going to be the situation. Um, I feel like if it was me, Mm -hmm. the best thing to do would be to sell the house that I have currently mm-hmm. as quick as I can. Yeah. And be looking. Yes. But I would just have to either live with family or find a short-term rental. Yes. To get the contingency out of the picture. Right. Because what I don't want to happen is okay, your house is pending and you don't really like anything that's on the market. That's on the market and this is like the biggest financial investment you're going to yeah. make and, and you, you don't want to Right. Rush it. And, and then you didn't regret it. And you didn't negotiate contingent on me finding a house. Right. So now we're right. in big trouble. Um, well, also, you don't have the negotiating power on your purchase when you're a contingent buyer. Right. Because you're asking the seller to take a chance on you. So you can't also come in $20,000 low mm-hmm. or ask for X, Y, and Z and closing costs. You're begging them to take your offer. Right. You're going to be like, please, will you wait for me to sell my house, please? Mm-hmm. I will give you at full I'll price. give you more money. I'll give you so all the money. So you'll wait for me. So the, here's the other thing. If you want to be able to negotiate on what you're buying, then be having your house sold and that money in the bank yes. is a big difference there. That If it was me, that is the way I would go. Yeah. I know that that involves moving twice. Mm-hmm. I know that, but I think that the short-term pain right. would make worth it worth game. it before I just, yeah. you know, bought a house I didn't really love. Right. And then you want to move in another three yes. to five years and do it all again. Do I don't want to do that. I think that short-term pain is good to talk about. Selling your home, whether you're contingent or buying another home or you're just selling for whatever reason, it is work. And we've said this before. It requires preparation. It requires work. It is going to require some inconvenience for a short period of time Mm -hmm. and um, it can be navigated and ultimately you have to stay eyes on the prize sure like where are we going typically these moves are fun moves like we're moving to a bigger house we're buying a house with a pool we're moving to the best neighborhood or or closer to school or we're going to move close to work like we're going to make a move that's going to improve our quality of life like hopefully in six eight months this will all be over right but here's the thing (laughs) right you're going to improve your quality of life soon (laughs) But yeah. you're going to have to have some short-term inconvenience and pain to get there. Yes. And I think that what goes wrong a lot of times with agents is they don't explain that to their sellers mm-hmm. and they just sell them the dream. Yes. Oh, it's great. You're going to love this new house. And they don't explain, well, 
I'm asking you to do all this pre-work because I don't want you to have to do showings for three months and lose your dream home while you're trying to sell your current home. Right. Like I want you to paint the walls and do the maintenance and get the roof washed or whatever it is Mm -hmm. because you've got to sell your house quick and for the most money so that you can end up in the dream home. Yes. Um, So I think that's, it's really, when you're hiring an agent to do this job, it's very important that they understand all of these ins and outs. Oh, yes. And they aren't just going to tell you what you want to hear. Right. Okay. Next. Um, I'll, this is just where I talked about, like, if the house is occupied that you want to buy, they Uh may be willing, like asking them, what's the longest close date? Some, yes. You would be willing to give us. Sometimes they want to sell and they're worried it's going to take a while, but they don't mind if it, you you get the contract and you're like, within three months, I'll buy it. Now vacant homes are harder because those sellers are like, I don't want to be paying the mortgage and like get, I want this to be out of my name. For sure. So that's something else that I look at too, is, is it occupied or is it vacant? Are they okay with us? Yeah. I have an example of this. So this year I had uh, move up buyers that were not even moving very far from their current home. And they found a house that they liked in a neighborhood they wanted to be in. They were moving for school district. So um, they, the house was vacant and it was a relo. Mm. So the relocation company, typically they don't, they won't take a contingent. Luckily my um, buyer sellers were able to get the loan for both. Okay. Okay. So financially they could do it, but they're like, we don't, we, we don't, don't want, want to. to. We're going to have to dip into our savings. Like it's really uncomfortable for us. And yeah. I said, look, here is the market report for your current home. I have seen your home. If you do this work, I feel really confident at this price that you will sell very quickly and you should be able to close these together. Right. So I think we managed to negotiate a slightly longer closing on the new house mm-hmm. just so we could have like a week or two to get the old one sold. Yeah. But if worse came to worse, they weren't going to lose the new house. They would just get the loan and it would be fine. Mm-hmm. They did the work and it was work and they got the house ready and we had the new house under contract, not contingent. Okay. And we got their house on the market at the right price, looking nice, multiple offers first day. Wow. So they were able to back to back close and not have to have both mortgages, which is ideally the best um, scenario because they were able to negotiate with the seller on the one they bought mm-hmm. as a non-contingent buyer. That's awesome. So it was really nice. Um, but I have had the, well, not the opposite, but I've had also this year where I had a buyer, move up buyer who was looking for her dream home and she was able to finance both. She didn't want to, but she was able to. So we find the right house before her house is listed. She's got her house ready though. She's okay. done work. And she did like a year's worth of work. Wow. Like she'd been prepping. We'd met. Prepping, like almost, online searching, bre- yes, getting to know the market. She would go to all the open houses too. Right. And I'm like, you can go to as many open houses as you want, but we can't look until we're right there. Yeah, until we're ready. Uh, so once she had her house ready, um, even though we weren't listed yet, we went, found the dream home, got, and she wasn't loving everything on the market. So yeah. it was more like, I really want to find the right house before I list mine. Yeah. I don't have to move that whole deal. Right. Finds the dream home. It's still lived in. We're able to negotiate contingent. So contingent on selling her house. This house has been on the market a decent amount of time. Well, sure enough. Sure enough. Someone comes along. Two weeks and one to two weeks into our contract, someone else came along and wrote a non-contingent offer. And I'm like, no pan. Nobody needs to panic because we already know Mm -hmm. that you can remove the contingency. Your house, I think at this point we were listed and under contract. Okay. Or just, no, we weren't. It was the opposite. We were listed, but not under contract. I'm like, I said, listen, it's on you. If you want to move, remove the contingency and hold both houses, that's fine. Yours is still on the market. We're having X showings. We've had one offer. You know, you know what's going on. I'm telling you, you know, the drill, you know, what's happening. So it could be another 30 days. It could be, I don't know. And she's like, I just can't lose this house. This is it. This is the dream house. I've been looking for two years. I don't want to lose this house. This is so important to me. I'm going to take the risk. I'm fine with it. So I said, look, it's just a matter of time and money when the old house sells. So as long as you're not worried about the time Mm -hmm. or the money, then it's fine. Right. It's not not going to sell. There's Mm -hmm. no reason why your house is not going to sell. So she did. She closed on the new house. I think by the time we had got to that closing, her house was under contract. Sure. So it was less stressful, but they, and they only missed by like a week or two. Mm. So she couldn't back to back close them. 
But she was able to get in the dream home, which was the point. That's nice, though. And she can take her time moving out. Exactly. You're not having to do this back to back. So there are some bonuses. Because that's stressful because I have sellers ask, like, wait a minute. If we're contingent, we have to sell. Then we're going to sit at the closing table and sell this house and buy this house within the same hour. Yeah, and a lot of agents don't explain to people before they write um, either of those contracts or respond to the when they purchase and when they sell. And they don't tell them that means your truck needs to be packed up on Thursday night and on Friday. You literally are homeless while right. you're at closing because that house, old house, has like to be your empty. house has to be empty. Yes, you got to close in the morning. Two closings back to back. Then you got to unload in the afternoon at the new house because you're supposed to be out. Now, a good agent, I like that you took that deep breath because it makes you like stress. Because occupancy before or after closing is a bad idea. It is the only way you can navigate this without sleeping homeless for a night. Yeah. And so if you can navigate it, and I don't, I don't recommend like a seven day occupancy. No. And ideally, I want to be on my listing side. I want them to have extra occupancy in the house they're selling and yeah. then move into the house they're right. buying, right? Yeah. Because that is fine. Yeah. Because then nothing's going to happen. Then I know my clients are in their old home. Yes. Nothing's going to As gonna... long as they get their renter's insurance for their belongings, it's fine. So that's where you really want to navigate. Right. Um, the, the options where you're representing the party that's someone else is in your, your buyer or seller's house. No. It's not Having ideal. a buyer move into your listing early is the worst oh, it's idea. it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. The buyer just discovered that at night between 11 and 2 a.m. the faucet leaks. Yeah. The no, it's the worst. stuff that they discover after, When you sleep in the house. Yes, when you... It's yeah. Just, it's just a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um, Kind of like how we talked about not all agents do the verbiage about this is contingent on me buying yes. my next house. Another verbiage I be sure is in my contracts is once my buyer's home goes pending, this home that they are buying also goes pending. Oh, changes in status. Changes in status. I like that. So I write it in other conditions that okay. once the, the buyer's home located on 1234 Main Street gets a contract. And it's pending. You are now going to take your house that we are buying. Which basically, to the public who's listening to this, means you don't want them to continue showing that house. No. And I think that is totally fair. Yes. And I don't see any reason why the seller wouldn't agree to that. It's basically saying, hey, we're all locked in. We mm-hmm. want you to be locked in because here's the other problem. And I think a lot of um, consumers don't understand this. If you're a contingent buyer and it's contingent on you selling your house and you cannot get a loan without selling your house, whether you have your home under contract or not, you can't remove that contingency. Mm-hmm. Even if you know you're closing the very next day you can't do and it. that seller of the house you're trying to purchase gets another offer and they want to take it and it is a non-contingent offer, you cannot remove your contingency. Can't do anything about it. That means you lose the house. Mm-hmm. And there really is nothing you can do about that. So I like what you're saying because it kind of eliminates that. Yeah. Look, I'm pending. That means I, I got to sell my house. Now, here's the thing. When I'm representing the buyer, mm-hmm. I want it to say this. Yeah. I want it to say once their house on Main yes. Street is pending, right. the house they're buying yeah. is taken off the market so nobody ends up homeless. Mm-hmm. As the seller, yeah, I would counter. You don't want that. And I would say I will put it pending once both houses are passed inspection. And appraisal. And appraisal. Yeah, I agree. Just so that way, because then we know all of the yes. hurdles are over. Then I can tell my, I can advise my seller to like pack up, to take it off the market in confidence. Yeah. Instead of, I well, agree. we're going to just take it off the market, but we're not sure yeah. how home inspections are going to go. Agree. So I think those two things, mm-hmm. those two things are not often seen in contingency contracts. No, and I like contracts. that. It's making sure that if you're buying something, mm-hmm. but if you end up not buying it, you don't want to sell your home. Yeah. That needs to be in there. Yeah. And then also what happens once your house gets a contract, making sure that you're not at risk of losing this house you're buying. And very clearly defined occupancy that your sellers and buyers understand. Yes. So whether or not you're comfortable telling them to ask for more or get extra or whatever, you at least need them to know before they sign the dotted line on either of those contracts, how it works. 
Yes. You got to be out of your house for closing. You can't be in the new house until closing. So where are you going to live for that day? And I, I've had clients that had gotten a moving truck in storage. Mm-hmm. They had everything except their mattresses. And they slept on their mattresses yeah. the last night. Yeah. And the next morning, they loaded their mattresses and, yeah. and headed to the title company. Yes. Handed over the keys. I got have the done new it keys. that way more than not. That's usually how it works. But it's a trouble. And it's fine. It can totally be done. Because a move typically can happen in one day. But the problem is when the buyer, seller, client didn't have a clue until oh, yeah. until like a week out. They're like, what do you mean I have to be out of one and into the other? I'm like, what? I had a client recently who was pre-approved for both, but mm-hmm. was like the most adamant I had ever seen anyone that no, 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 I'm not having two mortgages. Right. So I said, fine, we will do back-to-back closings. Right. Contingent on the sale of your house. Yeah. And so... Like, and I had, I had been through all this, but it's a lot of information. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I was thinking <laughs> where, how do I move out? <laughs> and I've said, remember your house has to be empty. Yeah. And you don't have anywhere to put it because you don't own the new house yet. Yeah. So for, you know, and he goes, but we want to like remove all that carpet before we move in. Like, uh... And I, and he said, oh no, I'm not doing that. So they, we removed our contingency. So he could close. So he could close two weeks early. To do the work. To do the work. And he would have two weeks to to remove remove carpet, clean, paint, and then slowly make trips from his old house to his new house. And then we did a back-to-back closing. I mean, um, then then we closed his old house. house, So we didn't have to do a back-to-back closing. And everything was just so much smoother. Yeah, it's now, a lot was easier. was he at risk of something happening in that two weeks? with And his, owning two houses? And owning, yes. yes. But that was... He, he was willing to take the risk for the reduced pain. He was. And that's what happens a lot of times in these contingent deals. Some, a lot of people are willing to take the risk for the reduced pain of the move. Yes. And I have that happen lots of times where they're like, well, I'll go ahead and buy, move slowly or whatever, and then sell. But I also... Make sure that I'm clear with my sellers that if your house is not yet under contract and you move out, it doesn't show the same way it did lived in. Sure. Now, all of a sudden, we need to make sure all the baseboards are painted mm-hmm. and all the flooring isn't damaged. And not that you're trying to hide anything, but your furniture does um, Makes take away. Difference. Like everyone who comes into a vacant home is looking with a different eye. Yeah. They also can't tell how big the rooms are. They don't understand what size bed fits in it. Like they just can't visualize. And they're just getting really nitpicky about cracks in the paint or holes in the wall or little, little cosmetic stuff. So as wonderful as it is to move out first, I'm always like, okay, but we at the very least maybe want to take your photos with furniture or try and get some showings done with furniture. I've had situations where I told sellers, if you move out into your new home, I cannot let you bring certain things. Certain things. I agree. Like we are leaving this house minimally staged until it is under contract, past inspection, past appraisal, but all the kitchen cabinets will be empty because they are at a new home. So I've had buyers. You may have to struggle a little bit. I had a buyer seller and I have these a lot too. The the move up buyers or the buyer sellers at the same time who don't are not worried about carrying the two mortgages, who want the time in between. And I have done the same thing. We do the pre-list and the staging appointment. And we talk about what you should leave, exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. Pack it up. Take your closets. Take your mm-hmm. kitchen. Go live in the other house. Take your Empty mattresses. Your That's fine. But you're going to make the living. Because my thing is the main living area yep. needs to look right. Yes. So the living room we kept staged. I think they literally sat on lawn chairs in their new house. I know. I'm like, you can't have your furniture You yet. can't have this. <laughs> so if you want to sell this and you don't want to have two mortgages indefinitely or come down on your price, you got to leave it staged. And we would move things around yeah. that they didn't need and put it into the living room. And it worked out. It works out great because mm-hmm. then your house looks good and you're not having to worry about cleaning it for no, showing. It's, it's clean. It's, it's ready wonderful. to go. It's wonderful. So the last step before you really dive into house hunting mm-hmm. is, you know, the lender has already told you what you're capable of doing and you understand your monthly note on the new house and mm-hmm. all of that. But what are you getting back from your house? Yeah. Um, are you taking into account 
closing costs, realtor commission. Mm -hmm. What? So that's when we really get into like, before we even start looking, we need to make sure yeah. that you're going to get what you need out of your old, this yes, old because house. Because you can't just tell me the number you need and I magically make, make the it market. Happen. I no. can't make the market. No. So you, we have to look at the reality of the data. And I have also had clients who, once we looked at the reality of the data, were like, well, then I can't go yet. I was going to say, sometimes before I even go to their house, I will send them like a CMA summary of their subdivision mm -hmm. and say, this is what I'm seeing. It will probably be somewhere within this price range yeah. when I come to your house. Yeah. We can see if there's anything we can do and I can give you a more precise number of right. what I think. But here's a ballpark. And sometimes they're like, well, never mind. Or sometimes they're pleasantly surprised. A lot of times I find them to be pleasantly surprised. Yes. So they like Same. have no clue. No idea. But yeah, sometimes they're like, well, wait, I need X down payment. And this is nowhere near that. Right. Because I've already done, because most buyers, let's be honest, have already done the research online and seen what's out there. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, I know I want to spend 350000 Right. And if I'm not going to have the down payment for that, then it's not worth it yet. Sure. And I think it's, that's, that's okay. But yeah. that's, that's why it's so important to do the back work before you start going to look at houses. They want to jump into looking at houses first and, and a lot everything of, we just talked about happens first. Has to happen first <laughs> because a lot of times what happens is they're like, well, I don't know if what I want is out there mm -hmm. and maybe it is, or maybe it isn't, but it's not appropriate for you to even try if you don't do all of these pre-work steps. Yeah. And I think that what will happen is you will ultimately cause yourself pain and misery if you try to start looking before you do all the pre-work steps, because what if you do find your dream home right? and you haven't done any of this and you find out you're either not financially able or your house isn't ready to be listed right away, or God forbid, which is one of my most recent ones, you're looking in a hot price range in a hot area and you're dead set on being contingent or you have to be. And you're going to lose and every house. You're going to lose every house. You know, we finally ended up having to buy. We would lose houses before we even go look at them. Yeah. Because yeah. I would, and sometimes I would have to call the agent and be like, hey, will you take a contingent? And they're like, no. No. And I'm like, well, this is, this is pointless. And my, I will honestly tell you that my buyers, they got pretty close to giving up because they were like, well, we have to sell our house to buy. This is where we want to be. This is getting too hard. Like I, I'm so tired of losing or not even being able to see the house before it's pending. And then finally, mm -hmm. we found a new construction so that it just worked out. Yes. And it was fine. Um, but it wasn't. And there again, their house, they did the pre-work and then they got their house listed. And guess what? Multiple offers on the first day. I'm like, Beautiful. look, easy yeah. peasy. This is wonderful. But you just, you can't. You just can't also be a staunch negotiator when you're trying to ask for a seller to take your contingency, in right. a, especially not in a, a hot market. And I know that there are probably some agents who are listening to this who are like, oh, there's no way to negotiate a contingency <laughs> at all in our market. Yeah. Because it's so um, like so much a seller's market. Yeah. Which then that, that's when you go back to step two and that's tell what your I'm buyers, saying. let's just get your house sold. Yeah. Get you in something temporary, short term pain. Yeah. But then you're free and you you'll be right there with the rest of the buyers mm -hmm. and ready to jump and that's what I tell them too you'll be ready to jump on the right thing the minute it comes mm -hmm. and be able to negotiate and be you'll be the best buyer yeah I know so I mean I I love I love this one I just I love working with these buyer sellers I love figuring it out I love them getting to their because they're getting to their dream home yeah right like they're like we've been in a home we know what it's like to be homeowners so it's like the first time buyers are fun because it's like, yay, this is new and exciting. And now I own a home. And these people are like, I didn't know if I'd ever be able to get to another place. Right. And you you get and there. You did. But you did the work. You I always it. am so proud of them. They do the work. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anything else on the list? Uh, that's all on our list. Um, Please, um, consumers who are listening to this, if you are, just make sure you ask your um agent before you hire them if they have a plan. And if they have navigated this before, or if they at least, you know, have, you know, a plan in place. Right. And have the ability to give you good advice to get your house ready. And, um, and they don't just blindly start taking you out on showings because that's not going to do you any favors. Sure. You're going to be sad when you lose the, the dream home. Exactly. And, and nobody wants you to be sad. Mm -mm. I think that's really, 
that is all. all. I mean, I could tell stories for days. So on many this. stories on this one. For days. I'm living two of them right now. <laughs> I know. I just finished several this year. We I looked at my numbers before we started, and I've already navigated five of these back to backers this year. So five families, so ten houses. Yes. Each one was buying. Right. They were doing selling both. and buying. Yeah. So what's nice as I've transitioned into this for you agents out there. I don't need as many clients because they're it's doing two, two at a time. And I get to I get to help them. They see my value both ways. Yes. And they get to pay me for the sale and they get to use me for the purchase and I get paid by the, you know, other side and that and it's fine. It and all it's works wonderful out. and we get to spend good time together, but I also would say this is not the market you want to tap into if you're not a patient agent <laughs> because these take time. Yeah. They and, do. and it and, is very and, stressful. And, oh, yeah. It's not for the faint of heart. I get, you have to be yeah. the level headed. I for sure get nervous. Yeah. I, there, look, I, there's been some moments where I'm like, oh, because it's tough. Like I'm holding my breath. Yeah. Like I want to make sure it works out. I'm holding and, my breath right now. Okay. For take a one. breath. <laughs> for one that I'm like, please hurry up and sell. I know I it's know. so stressful. It's so stressful, but it can be done. Yeah. It can be done. And the results are amazing. Sure. The reward is there. Okay, that's all we have for this. And today, you want to do the toast? We are going to toast to all of our buyer sellers out there, yes. the consumer. Everyone who has navigated this, who wants to navigate this, everyone who's every seller who's willing to do the work and take the plunge and understand that it's for the greater good, like their, yes. their own greater good. Um, this this toast is to you. Yes. So cheers to, yes, to you cheers out there. To Best you. of luck if you're I know. going into this. You can do it. You can do it. Ultimately, you can do it. Listen to your realtor. Yes. I Make hope, sure your house is I in hope good that condition. This episode was helpful to give you some tips on like, you know, get it. You mm-hmm. can do it. You and can. then you get the dream home. So cheers to you. Cheers to you, peeps. Okay. Bye friends. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly podcast. If you have an episode topic or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye.